Live from Brooklyn, New York, this is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. I'm your host, head honcho, vegan chorizo poppy, founder of Bald Nigga Ballers, Armand Sadler. Very happy to be here. I told you guys that he would be back. It wasn't just a one-time appearance. You know, we gave y'all Dizzy, we gave y'all Six, but we had to bring my fellow Bald Nigga Baller back to discuss very, very important things and just also see him. It's been a while since I've seen the guy. Hope he's doing well. Save Honest here. How you feeling, my brother? I'm feeling good, man. I, I love whenever I come to this set and in your space, I'm reminded how bald I am. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. How you doing, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. Life is good. Life is good. Um, yeah, I mean, I could complain, but it don't change anything, so I nah, don't not complain. At all, not at all. Honestly, stay busy is the perfect way to like overcome complaining. Yeah. So I think you have like a very fitting title yeah. for what it is you, you want to do. Yeah. You also got to like give yourself moments to not do shit too, though. Just that like is true. relax and have that leisure time. It is a balance. And with the holidays approaching, I think it's easier to embrace that idea mm -hmm. of not staying busy so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but yo, thank you for always having me. Of course, bro. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. And this is the one space where I actually feel confident and equipped to talk music <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I'm very competitive mm -hmm. and I don't want to feel like I'm too out of my element. Mm -hmm. So thank you for always staying on your game and, and making me better. Steel, sharp, and steel. Yeah, brother. man. I feel like you held it down in the, the last needs to know episode or regina wasn't here needs to know pod if you're not subscribed to needs to know podcast make sure to uh, subscribe on youtube all that good stuff but i feel like you held it down in the conversation y'all talked verses yes y'all talked her loss and i was like okay save on out here step hey, look, in. Big step i, I gotta in. come prepared for you bro it's like you're the final <laughs> boss of this shit so i want to make sure i know what i'm talking about before i get on this platform so yeah thank well, you good because we got a lot of music shit to get into as well so you'll be right back on that hot seat but of course we want to uh make sure that you all are subscribed to the stay busy youtube channel or on your preferred audio platform leave a review on apple leave a like comment on youtube um download tell a friend to tell a friend share the link tag us in the stories tag us in posts i will reply um and our patreon as well exclusive content on the patreon so subscribe to us at patreon.com backslash the stay busy pod i want to give a big shout out to six said it for joining us on our last public episode we had a really great time with six if you have not listened to outside two make sure you check out outside two also want to shout out aux chord whisperer for joining us on our patreon segment last week uh we discussed little baby drake wale um a bunch of different things and he he had some hot takes for y'all so you know if you're not subscribed make sure you subscribe so you can see what he was talking because he was saying some shit that i ain't agree with i think he articulated himself well but I feel like y'all would really get at him. Like, that's my guy. So I'm, I'm not going to wild out on him because I embrace difference of opinion. But you TikTok people especially, follow us on TikTok. You TikTokers be really rude. So I think y'all are the ones who would really go crazy over what he said. So I would like to uh, incite that. 
Of course, of uh, you can tap into all of our busy sessions and our YouTube shorts on our YouTube channel. Shout out the team, Kieran Hurley, VP of Everything, Siobhan DeShields in the building, VP of Engagement, Aaliyah Simone, VP of Data and Analytics, uh, Nick Early, executive producer, out of office again. You know, his his his, his PTO is unlimited, um, so he is out of office again. We, we'll see Nick when we see him. He's probably somewhere singing R&B or playing a piano or winning a national championship in basketball. I don't know, whatever he's doing. Um, and, of course, the listeners as well. Thank you all for tapping back in, whether you like airpods or over ears hard seltzer or beer batman or superman flatbread pizza or a personal pan airpods or over ears um i'm an airpods guy i can't mm -hmm. live without them mm -hmm. every single time i lose them i have to like replace them immediately i can't go 24 hours without an airpod how many pairs of airpods have you gone through already so I started wearing AirPods about maybe four or five years ago. Okay. I'm about on my sixth pair. Wow. I'm about on my sixth <laughs> pair, yeah. A lot of, because when I first got them, I'm not used to having those things like apart. It's almost like having your keys, your yeah. wallet, like you almost got to do the pocket check. I yes. wasn't used to doing the pocket check with the AirPods. Right. So I would always like put them in a washing machine wow. accidentally. <laughs> and so you can't really revive those. So mm -hmm. I'm an AirPods guy. Yeah. AirPods for like... For the convenience, for working out, for not being wired to something. Um, I like over ears for like the audio quality, of course. Like it's always better to and AirPod audio quality is pretty solid, mm -hmm. but like over ear joints it just you just bump differently with those. And I've tried to work out with over ears and it don't hit. They be slipping off the off your head and all that. So I feel like if you're not like an NFL player or mm -hmm. an NBA player, you probably shouldn't work out with over ears. Like mm -hmm. unless you're trying to train for something, right. just stick to the AirPods. Especially if you don't have hair like me, then like you if if, if you got like a lot of hair, then it'll kind of grab that cushion where yeah. like okay. the over ears are a little tighter on your head but yeah. if, if you bald and you sweat more then joints be sliding so, yeah yeah i'm a big airpod guy hard seltzer or beer um i would probably go hard seltzer i'm not mm. a beer guy okay i grew up in long island anybody mm. who's not familiar with long island very suburban um played a lot of beer pong mm -hmm. it's not my thing Man, give me some hard seltzer, please. What's your favorite uh, hard seltzer brand? Um, I don't have a favorite. I just know I prefer it, okay. if that makes sense. I have a favorite flavor, right? So I like any lime flavor. Okay. I'm cool with a lime. I'm cool with a strawberry, a mango. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? I don't really have a brand, mm -hmm. but... I like I like particular flavors. I respect that. Yeah, I'm, I've become the white claw connoisseur over the last three years now. Um, oh, you a baddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I mean, okay. thank you, bro. Uh, I, nah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's on your brain. I so. appreciate that. You feel no me? Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, white claws are my shit. So if y'all hearing this white claw, you know, hit us up. Like I like I've drank y'all on our set so many times. We might as well make this link up happen. Uh, Batman or Superman? Oh man. So before I, I answer this, I'm going to preface it with, as I've gotten older, mm -hmm. I appreciate Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call him. I do thoroughly appreciate him and mm -hmm. his skill set, um, but I'm, I'm a Superman guy, man. Mm -hmm. It started with the S, okay? Mm -hmm. there it it is. started with an S. My first name, Never my last name, the S was right there. Yeah. And then you can't beat this guy, so... He's pretty incredible. <laughs> Why would I pick anything else? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Superbad on this one. Similar to you, as I've gotten older, as I've seen Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, all those movies, like, I've really come to appreciate Batman. Because, like, when you're young and you know, like, Iron Man, uh, Superman is just, like, the man of steel. Like, yeah. I played the video game when I was younger. Like, I didn't really play Batman games when I was younger. I played Superman games. Yeah. Then when I got older, I started playing, like, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, all those, and... Batman, just the way he uses gadgets, like super rich, super suave dude, and like Superman suave too, but like 
Batman is just different. So I think Armand, adult Armand would go Batman, child Armand would go Superman. For sure. The marketing, Superman just didn't have the same marketing push that's true. Yeah. that Batman did yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's, damn, I didn't never think about that. That's really to your point. There's a Batman movie almost like every like two years. Every year. Don't they see too won't many let him die. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It'll just give you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, flatbread pizza or a personal pan. When I said personal pan, I was thinking of the Domino's personal pan because that joint is just like, it's like all reliable. So this is an interesting comparison, but I'm interested in what your perspective is. Flatbread or personal pan? Oh, damn, yo, you asked the hardest question. Like, this is what we're here who for. The f- who, who comes up with these questions? Like, I'm kind of a journalist. I don't know if you okay, know. Okay, yeah, I forgot. My bad. No, no disrespect, <laughs> King. Um, I'm going to probably go with the personal pan. You said mm-hmm. specifically Domino's, so I'm basing well, I, it so on Domino's. So I was thinking Domino's, Domino's myself. No, nah, like, we thinking Domino's. Okay, we thinking Domino's. Cool. Thinking. Well, one band, one sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Um, flatbread. it's hit or miss for me. Mm. It's hit or miss because the toppings, you got to rely so heavily on what's on top of the flatbread. It's not necessarily the bread Mm -hmm. that pulls you in. It's more so the top of it. Um, With the pan pizza, you could literally just eat the bread and almost be good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with the Domino flatbread. I gained a lot of weight over the (laughs) pandemic eating that shit. (laughs) So, yeah, shout out to Domino's. Yeah, personal pan guy. I, I discovered the splendor of a Domino's personal pan in college and... I don't, I don't eat it as much as I used to because in college it was like you ain't have that much around you to eat. Like you order Domino's, you might order Papa John's. There's like a couple of spots in Ithaca that mm-hmm. were like specific to Ithaca. And as I've gotten older, like I don't I don't order as much, but I had a Domino's personal pan like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, damn, this shit hit. And like it reminded me of my broke struggling college days, mm-hmm. but I'm not broke and struggling no more. So it's just like I could triumphantly eat a personal pan. And it's just like I just feel like I'm, I'm at a new level. So, yeah, that's the vibe. Cool. Let's jump into this chat. Um, some some numbers for you. Doo, doo, doo. Her loss, Drake and 21 Savage, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart, selling 404,000 units in its first week. In terms of the Hot 100, it, it took up eight spots in the top 10. Taylor Swift is still number one with Antihero and the 30,000 remixes she's releasing to that song. But um, some uh, major achievements. I mean, Drake has done similar to this before. For 21, this is pretty big. I mean, he's had, this is his third number one album now, but to be on, I think he was on like seven of the eight songs that were in the top 10 because Back Outside Boys is one of them that um, charted. But it's, it's amazing for 21. Like, I'm very, very happy for him. Um, I've still been running the project up pretty heavily. I think it's really good. People are having conversations of it being better than What a Time to Be Alive. <laughs> I, I don't know where I stand with that yet. Okay. I think I think there's definitely some nostalgia associated with what a time to be alive for me because I remember exactly where I was when I listened mm-hmm. and it's aged so beautifully to me among a lot of shitty collab albums. Facts. But this one is just like, it's, it's fantastic. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I can make that choice right now. Do, do you think you can make that choice right now? Um, No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go that far. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's almost like the new kid in school, mm-hmm. right? where the new kid comes in and everybody wants to know who he or she is. Um, And this is just that for me. I think what a time to be alive for what it was. Because not only, like obviously there were collab albums before, right? We had Watch the Throne, those kind of things. But I want to say that really embraced, the the culture embraced that concept tremendously after that album in particular. Um, Especially because it was at the high, like streaming had just... 
started yeah. that. Like we had a nationwide listening party on Apple Music to that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I I can't give it that. I'm not really going off the numbers. I'm going off the impact mm-hmm. of what a time to be alive. And then also, um, no slight to Twenty One Savage, but he's not on the level as a future yeah. to me. Um, and so when Drake and Future guys on the Mount Rushmore of the last 10, 15 years link mm-hmm. up and do it, it was like the same effect as Kanye and Ho. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to still go with What a Time to Be Alive. But Her Loss is, is an amazing body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of those guys showed up. Um, yeah. It was spicy, mm-hmm. right? Quite it was very spicy. spicy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm going to probably lean towards What a Time to Be Alive. And speaking of some spice, you guys touched on this on uh, your last episode, but 21 Savage had a week as the main character on social media. We know that he's been the uh, mayor of Clubhouse. He's he's still on Clubhouse. I think everyone left Clubhouse after 2020. 21 is still on there every day talking to people. If he's not on there, he's on Twitter spaces. But um, naturally, coming off of a Drake collab project where you have 11 of the 15 songs you're on with Drake, He's very confident in himself, and he said that he can beat his entire 2016 XXL freshman class in a versus battle. Naturally, some nasty conversations started over social media. Um, a lot of people doubting 21 Savage. Like, and like, the thing is, absolutely, he's saying this because of he just did a 16 song project with Drake. Like, who wouldn't say that after you do a 16 song project with Drake versus it's 2020? Yeah. You got 16 songs, right? Well, 11, but you have a half of your songs you can play from that project. So his confidence makes perfect sense. But uh, Kodak Black fired back at him and said that he was tripping out, blah, blah, blah. Kodak's been going at him like the last like week, like just with a bunch of different shit. And then people brought up Lil Uzi Vert. I know you've spoken on this already, so you don't have to rehash your thoughts. No, let's do it, man. That's why I'm here. But um, for me, I think. His only competition in his in his class is Lil Uzi Vert. Um, I think Kodak has a lot of hits. He's he's you know he's been on some big features. He's done big records, but I don't think people remember the extent of Twenty One Savage's catalog. Like I actually made a list of his songs, and I've got a good amount of them before you even get to Drake's name. So let me read these off because I, I might be reminding you of some. Okay. So you got X with Future. Mm-hmm. You got No Heart. You got Rockstar Post Malone. You got Bank Account. You got Bartier Cardi with Cardi B. You got A Lot with J. Cole. You got My Life with J. Cole. Outside, Travis Scott. NC-17, Travis Scott. 10 Freaky Girls, or Metro Boomin. And Don't Come Out the House, Metro Boomin. I'm pretty sure I'm missing something, mm-hmm. but that's... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 songs before you even get to a Drake collab. Mm-hmm. Most of these are hits, or they were big records. So I think people are not realizing how much 21 has done over the course of his career since debuting in 2016. Like, he's been hot his whole career. Like, there's never really been a down moment or a project that people were like, oh, this is kind of mid. Like, mm-hmm. 21's been doing his thing for his whole career. Now, Uzi, of course, Uzi is Uzi's a, t- a tough matchup for him. Like, very, very tough, very tough very matchup. Tough. Like, very, very tough. His 2016 stuff, his 2017 stuff, like, re- over the course of Uzi's career, he's been hot, too. Like, he's never really had a down moment. He's just maybe not as present as 21 Savage is. Mm-hmm. Um... So I, I, th- I think that would be a good matchup. I, I was in a group chat with people. They were like, Lil Uzi Vert clears. Like, it's easily Lil Uzi. I was like, I don't know if it's easily Uzi. It could be Uzi. Mm-hmm. But I think 21 was surprised, niggas. Because, again, you got the 11 songs I said, and then you bring in Sneaking with Drake, uh, Jimmy Cooks with Drake, Mr. Right Now with Drake, Knife Talk with Drake, and then everything on her loss. Like, if, if we're in a live setting playing these shits, these shits is ringing off. And, like, Uzi and him are also stylistically different. So I think that could play to either Uzi's advantage or it could play to 21's advantage. So I think it'll be a really interesting battle. What do you feel about 
him in comparison to his class? I think the confidence is warranted, mm-hmm. right, for him to do what he did. I think it's definitely warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also depends. Like, the great thing about these versus conversations is it is subjective, mm-hmm. right? If I'm the judge, I may judge it differently from you, right? I'm going to personally, I have to dock points when all of your hits, you're the featured artist. Mm, yeah. Now, granted, some people may not care. Some people may, may not see it as a, a place to like deduct points, I guess. But for me, if you're always the feature, now mm. granted, he does show up on those features. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take away from that man. He shows up. But I think it's different when you can kind of stand alone um, sure. in, in that space. And honestly, I wasn't even really going to argue for Uzi mm-hmm. as much. I'm more of a Kodak kind of guy mm. if I had to pick a horse in that race. Mm. But I also want to remind people that uh, Anderson Pac mm-hmm. dropped a collab album with Bruno Mars. Yep. And that is also a person that was in that freshman class. Mm-hmm. I think that class is awesome, by the way. It's, I didn't realize how stacked it was. Um, it feels like such a long time ago. Like, holy shit, I'm yeah. getting old. Um, but yeah, so I would probably lean towards Kodak because I feel like Kodak can stand alone a little bit more as him being the you know primary artist mm-hmm. and also his influence. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has a tree, a bigger tree, um, in that sense, but in a versus setting, I'm not mad at 21. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been like the biggest fan of his music. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna say and cat for y'all, um, but I understand. Like I, I started to get it. His voice, the the monotone, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't really grasp me, mm-hmm. um, but he's able to flourish with all of those people that you said, yeah. which is a skill in itself, right? Yeah. To be able to dominate with J Cole, Drake, Future. Uh, post Malone, mm-hmm. like that is an accomplishment in itself. So, yeah. you know, shout out to him. And that's the thing too is I, I I went for like the biggest records, but we've seen artists in these verses like Mario versus Mario, for example. Mario was uh, Mario was playing B sides, yeah. and was winning off of his vocal ability as well. So we don't really know how Twenty One or any of them would curate it. Like I think. I'm not the biggest Kodak fan. I respect his talent. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, he he would come in, and he would surprise me just because I'm probably not as familiar with his catalog. But mm-hmm. I feel like he will be playing shit that his, like, his fan base would really react yeah. to. So that's the other thing is, like, curation is the big thing. Nick and I would say that all the time. Like, how you curate it is, is something. But I was just thinking, like, because people were dead saying, like, 21, what have you done? Like, like you haven't done shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, are y'all, have y'all been under a rock? Like, 21's had a big record, multiple big records every year. Like... So. I think that's the testament to today's climate in music, though, mm-hmm. because the verses that we've watched, we get to see like more legacy acts, right? right? Yeah, those legacy acts, their hits were universal. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew those hits. Today's yeah. artists, your fan base may not translate into the next man's fan base. That's facts. So, like you said, Kodak might get up there and play like hood classics. Mm-hmm. His fans know every single song, and Twenty Ones may not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish what he did. Yeah. But it just doesn't translate within like on a, a on an even playing field. Yeah. I guess I could say right. Yeah. Like Nelly versus Ludacris. No matter who you had in that race, you knew their catalog. Every you knew thing. what was coming when it was coming. You yeah. knew how you was would respond when it happened. Mm-hmm. Compared to the, like the new generation, we don't have that. We're in like our own bubble, so yeah. to speak. So if I'm a Kodak fan, I may not even know a single song from somebody on that other cover. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the other thing. Like I when Versus first started, and everyone was like, "Oh, we need this artist who's been around for two years versus this artist." I was like. No, like we we should be we should it should really only be people with like catalogs like yeah. Rick Ross versus Two Chains that makes sense they've been in the game over ten years both of them, fucking Lil John versus T Pain makes sense been in the game over twenty years both of them like 
legacy acts. It's, it really should be a legacy act thing. So these conversations for newer artists get nasty. I'm just like, they haven't really had enough time. Like something might be big in 2018 that you might not necessarily care about later on. Like we've had, we've been able to sit with Rick Ross's, you know, blowing money fast and two chains, no lie, all that for like a long period of time. And they've given more of that over the course of their career. So I just generally think if you ain't been in music for more than 10 years, you shouldn't even be talking about verses. But I do like 21's confidence. I do think that people should really uh, remind themselves um, everything that he's contributed ever since really breaking through in 2016. Um, Some things that 21 said that uh, also riled people up. He was in a Twitter spaces. Somehow Nas came up and uh, Nas's relevance. And 21 said that I don't think Nas is really relevant. He just like he makes good music and he just has like a very strong fan base. This also caused a lot of commotion on social media, also leading to people saying, 21, what the hell have you done? My perspective <laughs> on the situation is his word choice was was wrong. You shouldn't have used the word relevant when it comes to Nas. Also, a lot of people don't know what the word relevant means clearly because just the takes that I was seeing, the, the defenses and all that, it was very stupid. Nas, because he is arguably a hip-hop goat to a lot of people, he will always be relevant within the scope of hip-hop. Is he a hot act today? Is he going to be the top of your rap caviar playlist? Is he going to be, you know, like on when his music drops, is it the first album you run to? No. But he he also doesn't need to be that. He's given over 20 years to rap music. He's got a bona fide classic in Omatic, multiple classics to some people. So his relevance, it doesn't really matter because, like, he's a legacy act. And shit, he's, he's sounding better than he's sounded in quite some time with these Hit Boy projects. So, um, you know, tw- I, I understand what 21 was trying to say because he is a newer act and he's a part of this new era, the streaming era, this microwave era, this being present era. And I think he speaks to a younger fan base who gen- generally may not care about Nas, which is fine. Like, you know, that, that's the beauty of hip hop is it's been uh, around for over 50 years. You know, certain age groups can enjoy what they enjoy. The younger people can enjoy what they enjoy. But like. What matters to an old person may not matter to the kids. What matters to the kids may not matter to the old person. But, like, Nas is just, like, undeniably, objectively important to hip-hop. Like, that that, that just goes without saying. So I think 21 could have used a better word yeah. instead of relevance. I understood what he was saying. Um, I don't think he meant it to be disrespectful. But this is this is the, the era we're in. People want to get mad at something. So they, they hear Nas isn't relevant. And people are gonna act like you've never done anything before. So um, that was kind of annoying to see. It, it was just like a lot of bad faith arguments and a lot of like nonsense. Um, but I mean, Twenty One kind of brought it on himself. So not that I'm expecting him to be the most like, like no, no, like did the exact word to use. And I don't think he's thinking about not offending people. Like, he was just speaking his mind. Mm-hmm. But that's what comes with speaking your mind. Is <laughs> I think when you speak on people who have accomplished as much as Nas has and mm-hmm. has done as much for the culture as Nas has. I think, and especially as an artist, right, where words are your currency, mm-hmm. I think you should be a little bit more careful with how you present and package certain things that you're trying to convey. Yeah. Um, when I walked into the studio today, I pressed a doorbell. Mm-hmm. It was called The Ring. Right? Mm-hmm. Nas is a heavy investor in that company. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's in front of millions of Americans' homes. Now, granted, his name isn't on it. His yeah. face isn't plastered on it. But I think the definition of relevancy, um, and in that word in particular, it just shows how closed-minded 
our culture can be sometimes. Yes. Because that word, sure, he's not hot. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad you said that word because I think that's what he was trying to say. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't want to speak for him, but sure, he's not, you know, top five artists streaming. And again, it's also easy for 21 to talk like this when he has a number one album <laughs> alongside the hottest person in the world, yeah. right? So his perspective could be a little bit skewed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I I hate how we have to, you know, define or say these things to kind of uplift ourselves yeah. and diminish others. And maybe he didn't mean any disrespect by it, but yeah, if I you use words for a living, you should know how to use them. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Especially yeah. when speaking about Nas. Like that's mm-hmm. somebody he should aspire to uh, draw his career after, mm-hmm. in a sense. And maybe not the direct path, yeah. but Nas is not only a rapper, an artist, he's still performing at a high level mm-hmm. in his craft, and he's also made a way, you know? Like, Nas came out in 94. Mm-hmm. I was born in 94. <laughs> like, I don't think people really take that into consideration. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, again, 21, like I said earlier about... 21 and Kodak like maybe he's in his own world yeah and that's what social media has allowed us to do yeah where we only stick in our own world like there's mm-hmm. somebody right now who was crying and in, in, in celebrating the fact that Nas released an album yeah you get what I'm saying yeah. and that person looks at Nas and the relevance in his life that Nas has yeah. is unmatched yeah so I, I yeah it's tough yeah and that's the other thing is like the regionalism comes into it because People that matter more to New Yorkers, uh, to, to Southerners, may not matter as much. Yeah. Like, you know, Southerners look at Scarface and fucking Outkast and all these people as their goats. New Yorkers, we look, I'm not New York, Jersey people, but East Coast people look at Biggie, Hove, Nas, yeah. you know, those people as, as their goats. So um, I think that's also what played into it, too, because a lot of New Yorkers were getting offended at what 21 said. And then a lot of Southerners were, you know, agreeing with him, like, Nas don't really matter that much to us. And it's like, yeah, like, that makes sense. But just because it's not relevant to you doesn't mean it's objectively, it objectively doesn't matter. The same way, like, me as a nigga from Jersey, I'm not going to say Outkast wasn't that big. Because first of all, I saw Outkast all over 106 and Park and like BET and all that. So like, I would never deny how big they are. But just because they don't matter as much to me, like, objectively, Outkast is one of the greatest duos of all time. So I think that's also the other thing is people valuing their bubble and using that to project these grandiose statements about the music landscape as a whole which is just not not the case um so yeah that's that on 21 he'll probably have another wild statement soon as the mayor of clubhouse but speaking of nas let's jump into nas king's disease 3 produced by hit boy the the fourth project that they have done together over the last uh three years they did king's disease in 2020 king's disease 2 in 2021 magic at the end of 2021 and then we got king's disease 3 um a couple weeks ago how'd you feel about the project i believe first off i didn't know what to expect because Mm -hmm. we've heard them so many different times yeah but on the first song Nas says that yo king disease 3 is better than all the other king diseases he He said that yeah and i don't think he's lying Mm. like this project is really good mm-hmm. it's a master class on how to age in hip-hop yeah and that's why i get pissed off when i hear the 21 savages say things like that mm-hmm. because where he is in his life to be doing what he's doing yeah. like is 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 we've never seen it it's mm-hmm. unprecedented like that's the thing nas is a vessel to hip-hop mm-hmm. literally 
a vessel to this culture and he's still performing at a high level. Like people like to make jokes about like the KRS ones and the Kumo D's and the older guys. Yeah. Like Nas is from that era. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. anybody listening, like I really want you to kind of just soak that in. Yeah. Um, but I was impressed by it. I think uh, Hit Boy, this should also be a Hit Boy album. <laughs> this is a Nas <laughs> and Hit Boy album yeah. because his production, the way that they are able to just play off of each other and you really don't get this too much in music today yeah. um, where a producer and a rapper are just so in tune with each other yeah. from the styles to the cadences to everything. Like I feel like it was a master class uh, for both of these guys on a production level, on a rap level. Mm -hmm. um, I want to shout out actually the OG verses. A lot of people see verses at the production that it is today. Mm -hmm. uh, Hit Boy was one of the first ones. was one of the very first verses yep. and i feel like him performing and doing what he did that night mm -hmm. gave him like a launching pad it gave him like a second win yep. now you bust your first nut <laughs> and then you gotta re-up <laughs> and then the second one like is hitting different i'm sorry how do we get here? i don't know but that was just the analogy that came to mind it just like it his second win is incredible right now <laughs> <laughs> like he's on a tear, so yeah. I just want to shout out to to both those guys. If y'all gotta edit that out, please no, feel free. No, it stays. It stays. But that was just the only way that I could really like, yeah. This is music yeah. talk with Savon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, no, I agree, bro. I agree 100. I'm not even the biggest Nas fan. Like even as a kid, like yeah, like I would hear him on the radio. I was like, oh, like he's good. I know he's good. I just don't necessarily love it. Okay. When I listened to King's Disease in 2020, I was like, oh, this is the best Nas shit I've ever heard. And, like, I've heard Omatic. Like, uh, it's not better than Omatic, but it's up there in terms of, like, modern, modern-type yes. music. Like, Hit Boy bringing, making, it feels like he, like, turned the dial back and, like, a young Nas came out with the, with the Hit Boy stuff. And then you hear King's Disease 2, and both of those two have features. This one is Nas all by himself. So when I saw Nas over the course of 17 songs rapping alone, I was like, am I going to rock with this? I might like this one the best out of the three as well. Yeah. Like, he really held his own. He jumped on a drill beat, like you know, he's, he's giving you the soul sample stuff. He's bar fest, like reigniting the shit with Hove real playfully. Like uh, Michael and Quincy is my favorite song. Thun is really good. Recession proof, like he he was really doing his thing. He had one yeah. song, um, reminisce. Like I don't like to reminisce because everything we doing now is lit. Like I, I felt that in my soul because I'm like I, I don't want to reflect on the shit, the wins I had two years ago. Like my life is lit lit now. Like I really felt that, and I think he's really in this mode where. Um, cause as an old head, like the music community, uh, you know, we're quick to set people aside, move on. Like, you know, that's, that's an old nigga. We don't care about him mm. or that's scaring the hoes music, whatever. But like, I feel like Nas is just like reminding niggas and I, and this confidence level that he's at and hit boy is challenging him in the studio. Like, yeah. nah, just jump on a drill beat. Like, yeah, you could give that, that backpack boom bap type stuff, but not just jump on a drill beat. Like do, do this more modern production, like something that. The, the, a young ear will hear and get like kind of huh, and then here it's Nas and like be like oh shit like this is dope. So I thought King's Disease three was really good. I've been running it up and um, yeah, Jabo done the Nas, Jabo done the Hit Boy. I'm uh, it's it's great to see <clears throat> veterans age well in rap. Mm. Well, cause like you know the example of like Two Chains for example, like he's he it's it's time to time for him to pack it up. Like yeah. it's, it's time it's time to pack it up for Two Chains or find a Hit Boy. Or find a hip boy.
Find somebody that you work well with. Mm -hmm. Find somebody that compliments you. Somebody yeah. that challenges you. Find somebody who 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 pushes you to be a better artist. Yeah. Like the problem with Two Chains is not his ability. Yeah. In in my opinion, and I'm not the biggest Two Chains fan. Mm -hmm. I appreciate him, and I know he has bars. He has all of the things that can make him relevant. Yeah. I think the only thing that's not really clicking or connecting is he's not being challenged, or mm -hmm. he's not challenging himself. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. So maybe he'll link with Hit Boy. Uh, maybe he'll jump with Metro. I don't know. Like somebody, somebody who's just gonna like, who's gonna bring that beast out of you. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you, you lay down a verse and like you don't want them to just say, oh yeah, that was cool. Are right, you come out? Like, no, like nigga, you could you could do better. Like, yeah. do, do that again. You need somebody like that. So yeah, Kings of Z three, job all done. Loved it. Uh, let's jump into Wizkid. More love, less ego. Really enjoyed this project. Wizkid is um, definitely among my favorites when it comes to the Afrobeats music. Um, I really, it's hard for, I, I say this often when we talk about like Afrobeats projects, it's hard for me to critique it. Like, I don't know what bad Afrobeats is besides like when certain hip hop artists try to do it and it, <laughs> and it, it, don't, it don't hit that much. Like, yeah. was a certain, there's a Shout certain, out to Justin Bieber. Shout out to Bieber. He Shout tried it. He did. I mean, well, you, you talking about him on the, the Essence remix? Yeah. I, I thought his verse was good. That's my guy, but nah. Don't, I thought his verse was good. But just leave it alone, though. Eh, I mean, did we was, need it? Did we need it? No. That's all but I needed. I bet you Wizkid was happy as hell to get that Oh, verse. for sure. Shout out to both of those guys. And I'm yeah. a, like I said, I'm a Bieber fan. I, I love fuck Bieber with too. music. But uh, like when you said bad Afro beats, mm -hmm. Bieber came I to was mind. just like, yeah, he probably should have sat I that one you. out. I feel you. I think the baby did a freestyle to Essence. Like That's hey. what we really don't need. I agree. Like that's that's really what we don't need. Like Bieber singing over it, it was cool. It sounded yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. The baby rapping over. Yeah, we don't need that. But we don't need a lot of shit from the baby. I ain't gonna lie. Truthfully, <laughs> yeah, he, he can go. But um, more love, less ego. I really liked it. My favorite thing is, of course, when I open an album, I mm -hmm. look to see how long the album's gonna be. This is 13 songs, 40 minutes. Really good runtime. He doesn't keep you long. Give you a couple features. Uh, Ira Star, Skilly Bang, Shansia, uh, Skepta, Don Tolliver. For the most part, it's good. I, I don't know what bad, like I said, I don't know what bad Afrobeats is, but I listen to this. I want to dance. I feel good. Like it's just like it's an earworm. Like I'm, I'm even if I can't pronounce some of the words, like I'm trying to learn them so I can sing along to them. I'm on the train, like singing out loud, catch myself singing out loud, looking to see if anyone's hearing me. Like shit like that. Like Whisk Kid don't miss to me. Like he's 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 really good. So yeah, more love, less ego. I I, I rocked with it. It makes you feel good, Afro beats. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it puts you in a really good mood. And I think one of the reasons why it's been able to kind of break through in mainstream media and music today. Mm -hmm is because it's like the only form of music that's being created that's timeless. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, you could play uh, the Thames song from a few years ago, like, anywhere, anytime. It gives me the same feeling that uh, Miguel mm -hmm. gave me. You know mm -hmm. the song. Uh, uh, Ad Adorn? Adorn. Yeah. Like, every time a major Afrobeat song comes out, it's like, yo, I could play this every single summer for the yeah. rest of my life and be content yeah. and be great. Yeah. And then even the B-sides are always like, you can always find a B-side that you vibe to, too. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Wizkid. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, like, they're like lightning in a bottle, but they just do it over the course of a whole album. Like Burner Boy. Like yeah. um, Omale's album. Mm -hmm. Like artists like that. Like it's, it's just... I feel good. I want to dance. I want to yeah. drink. I want to be out. Like that's yeah. that's really it. So you know, Wizkid is uh he's really dope. I got to see him live um, last summer. That was cool. So yeah, 
like that's that's it. More love, less ego, and that's that's, that's a dope title. I was going like, to say I really like more that. love, less yeah, ego. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's facts. Like we need more love in this world, less ego. So word. Lastly, and this might uh, be a extended discussion for us. Roddy Rich, feed the streets three. So backstory for those who are new, those who may not be tapped into Roddy Rich, um, he dropped Live Life Fast last December. And that had a lot of high anticipation for it because he gave us Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial at the end of 2019. Songs like The Box, um, what else was on there? Um, boom Boom Room. It was just a, it was an album, honestly, full of hits. Fantastic album. And so the expectations were very high for him. He came in talking a lot of shit, saying no one else's music inspires him. He's going to go out, live life, and then he's going to give people music that reflects the life he's living. He gives us the album. That shit was not good at all. Like at all, like not just really nothing redeemable. I I I, I gave it fair spins <laughs> when it first came out. I have not felt inclined to go back to it at all. So it put Roddy in this interesting position where he felt like he had something to prove. He his back was to the wall, which is an unfortunate reality of this era that we're in. People are so quick. As soon as you miss once, people are ready to say, "Oh, he's washed. He's done. He's cooked." Blah blah, blah all that. But I'm like. Feed the Streets 2 was good. Please excuse me for being antisocial was good. Roddy's features are good. Everything he's given was good up until this album. So I'm not going to write him off. Like, I'm, I'm like, nah, it's just like he he just needs to bounce back. We talked about that on the episode where you and Alice came. Feed the Streets 3, he teased it like maybe a month or two after Live Life Fast dropped. And he was dropping snippets. Like, he, he was just trying to remind people what he could do. But I love that he was put in this position. Because I think we are quick, not only are we quick to tear people down, but we're quick to give people star status. Roddy had an amazing album, Grammy nominated. I believe he's a Grammy winner at this point. So we were quick to elevate him and put him in the in the class with the Lil Babies and the Gunners and, you know, Uzis and all of them. And I think I think he we needed that reminder and he needed that reminder like, you know, the higher you are, the harder you fall. Mm. And I think him getting into that bag is why this project, Feed the Streets 3, was really good to me. I, I really enjoyed it. I think he sounds passionate. I think that um, I like the production efforts. I like that he remembered, like, yo, I can I can croon as well as I can rap. And, 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 and he blended that on the project. Like, I think it's really good. I love also that he didn't have too many features here. Because uh, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial had a good amount of features. Live Life Fast was like feel like it was mostly features. This one, he only had Dirk and Ty Dolla Sign. So it was 15 songs. He's handling all of it. And the thing that made me laugh is a lot of these songs, he's just talking to shit. He's like, yo, I, I got mad money. I got all these accolades. Like, He's like, yo, if, if y'all going to hate on me and try to tear me down, I'm just going to flex on y'all and remind y'all how rich I am. Sometimes you got to do that. Like, like, like when niggas want to talk crazy to you, when niggas don't want to like give you the credit you deserve or they want to write you off quick like be like yo you, you're broke like like you, you ain't got shit like that's I'm, what you do uh, yeah maybe. that's what you do yeah i mean hey, I, I, that's... I ain't get there yet so i don't okay. know what i feel you got more money than me get out of here bro no don't do that but yeah, like sometimes you, you got to remind niggas because yeah. if you don't remind people then they'll forget and i'm just like roddy was too important in 2019 and 2020 for y'all to let one project be like, oh, no, nah, he's cooked. He's done. It's mm -hmm. over. Like, that's that's nuts to me. So I think this is a really good reminder. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's an amazing project. But I do th I, I do think it was really good. And if we're going to call it a comeback album, then he 
he came back. I, I don't like using that just because, again, it was one bad project. Like, if he had, like, three years of bad projects, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this nigga needs to, he, he needs to come back. But this one was just like, he kind of shot the bed last year, and he he got back to where he needed to be. So. Yeah. I think with his second album, what happened was he made us wait. Mm-hmm. He built this anticipation, yep. and the more he did it, the higher he set himself up for failure almost. Yeah. So I don't think that, and it, it was a pretty bad album. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it was a pretty bad album. Yeah. But I don't think it was as bad as it seemed if mm-hmm. he hadn't kind of taken the Kendrick Lamar approach where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you wait, and then I'm going to give you something. And then also leading up to it, if I remember correctly, he was like pretty vocal too. Yeah, he was talking you know, shit. He was pretty vocal he about how this is going to be one. And, you know, he's really confident and he didn't really get the response that he wanted. So um, honestly, I just like seeing people, uh, you know, take a punch and, and get back up. Yeah. Right. He took a punch and he got back up. Um, with this album, it gave me the feeling of that 2019 a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. right? Um, where I was like, okay, this this is the person that I was introduced to, yeah, right? This is the person that I knew, and I was like, okay, uh, let me listen to it with some open ears. So uh, there was a few songs that are skippable for me, mm-hmm. not everything that I loved, but there was a few where I'm like, you know what? I could go back to it. Yeah. I could play this. Um, he sounds like he's getting back in his bag. And like I said, man, I, I like seeing people win. Yeah. You know, um, There's a lot of artists who don't recover from sophomore slumps. There's mm-hmm. a lot of artists who don't have the confidence to get back in the studio and give it another shot. Yeah. And I feel like he's actually doing that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm always going to support that whether I listen to the music, like the music or not. Yeah. Like I got to support the person behind the music at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's where we lack as an audience sometimes. We don't really take the time out to remember that these people are people mm-hmm. and this is art. Yeah. And whether the art is ass or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still something that yeah. they're giving us. You know what I'm saying? So um, I saw a tweet and I don't even mean to like go off the rails, but I saw a tweet. Uh, Meek Mill, mm-hmm. he was venting about how record labels don't pay out anything, mm-hmm. right? So they're almost giving this music out for free, mm-hmm. essentially, and they invest so much time, sweat equity, into it, so yeah. um, shout out to Roddy Rich, man, and, yeah. and I'm I'm happy to see, and I know his fan base is happy too, 100%. because they were going through it too. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of Roddy Rich fans who weren't able to like stick their chest out and be like, "Yo, this is the little baby, the baby." All these guys came and just surpassed him mm-hmm. in a matter of two months. Yeah, um, and so I, I know that was a little difficult for the Roddy Rich fans and, and yeah. his fan base. And it was a it was um. It's like a double-edged sword move too, like returning to a popular series that he had. Because a lot of artists do that. Like they'll be like, "Oh shit, you ain't like my project. Let me go back to this mixtape series I had mm-hmm. and give you another edition of that." And they'll miss. But I think this one, like in returning to a place of comfort, he returned to really where he needs to be. Like yeah. just kind of having that chip on his shoulder. Like right. I've got something to prove. Like so, kind of like you said, he started to believe his hype with live with, around live life fast era. Like he thought he could just drop something. With a very minimal rollout, and yeah. you know he he was shown like, eh, yeah, it's not that. So I'm I'm happy for Roddy as well. Uh, I would say my favorite songs, uh, number one, Freak, Ty Dolla Sign, Fade Away. I like No Rest. I like Heavier. Um, yeah, I'd say those are my favorites. The singles were good. Aston Martin, Truck, Stop Breathing, Twin with Dirk. Yeah, good good project. Like more than half of it, I really like. So shout out to you, Roddy. Welcome back. If if we're doing a comeback thing, um, let's jump into the slide deck. We can put our headphones on. Let's do it. And let's hear what Frank Ocean got for us. The best song wasn't the single. 
All right. So before we get into Savon's song, we're we're gonna we're gonna give him a little French lesson because he had some trouble <laughs> <laughs> pronouncing the name of his artist. So <clears throat> yeah. this is a. Uh, um, I forget what the French name for teacher is, but my my half Haitian self who doesn't speak Creole or French, I'm I'm a tap into the little French and the pronunciation that I do know. So this is Genevieve. I'm not doing that. Say it. I, I like her a lot, a lot. Like I don't want to fuck her name up. Genevieve, come on, try it. Genevieve. Bro. There we go. This is Genevieve <laughs> resume, and this is produced by Benzy Boys. Let's jump into it. This is a vibe, by the way. Definitely a vibe. What you think, man? That was dope. That, that was, was dope. dope. That I, was dope I got your stamp. Hey, I rock. I got with your it. stamp. I rock with it. I, I, I really saved that. I really appreciated the flip on being on somebody's resume mm -hmm. because we hear future say it all the time. She's mm -hmm. on my resume. She like I really appreciated that flip. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a lyrics guy. That 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 is a tune. Please make sure y'all download that. I don't know her. This is not gonna <laughs> affect me. I don't mm -hmm. gain from it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I just appreciate the flip on the word being on somebody's resume. Yeah, yeah. Very celestial vocals. I love the, the production on there. It's like it's like mid tempo. It's not ballady, yeah. but it's not super upbeat. It's like something you could knock to, something you could rock to. I'd play it in the car. Yeah. Turn the bass all the way up. That should be rocking. So turn the lights down. Yeah. You know, have a glass of wine yeah. and throw that on to start your night off. Absolutely. So that was Jean Vievre resume produced by Benzie Boy. Make sure I tap into that. My pick, this is um Dancer. This is by my boy Manny Montana, produced by uh himself. I'm calling Manny Montana. His real name is on his credits, but I'm gonna call him Manny Montana because we're going by the artist pseudonym. So this is Dancer by Manny Montana. Call me up my answer, say that she a cancer, I ain't never playing 
by Manny Montana gives me very like hip-hop and like alternative rock type vibes I love the yeah. the synergy between hip-hop and alternative rock um cool vocals there I think you wrote the beat really well um I love the when it's you and I don't talk about your man type shit because if you are a proud side nigga I'm not I'm very cuffed love you baby but <laughs> if you are a proud side nigga you probably relate to that like don't talk about your man when I'm here like when it's, when it's you and I don't talk about your man um giving love to the strippers shout out to all the strippers out there doing what they do um yeah go great record manny also he self-produces too self-mixes does all that stuff for himself so i um, really respect that i've been rocking with him for a couple years now okay so i've seen him really grow uh dancers doing numbers right now so if y'all are not hip to manny montana make sure you tap into dancer i don't want to cut you off i don't know if you had anything to say about it no it, it was good it was a good record honestly mm-hmm. it brought me back to a time period um like mid 2010s mm-hmm. mid to late 2010s where that that sound really burst onto the scene um and he, he executed it really well like yeah. I, I would go back and listen to that personally like mm-hmm. and manny montana like how hasn't anybody named himself manny montana like <laughs> i've never heard that that is such a fucking layup for a name for an artist so mm-hmm. uh yeah that that was a really really dope song yeah yeah so uh those are our slides if you want to hear those you can hit the slide deck playlist on all streaming platforms artists you know if you want to submit some stuff you can hit us at stay busy pod on twitter and instagram or you can email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. We can take our headphones off. Let's do it. And now <clears throat> for the main event, our board meeting. Uh, as you all may or may not be aware, Grammy nominations came out, and the usual conversation of Grammy nominations is uh, it's one of my least favorite times of the year. And there are very many reasons for that. Um, one, and I, I, so I look at this from the journalist perspective, but also look at it from the fan perspective. As a journalist, I have to be aware. I have to know this artist won this many Grammys so I can write it in, in a news article just as another thing to, to say about them, stuff like that. Like artists' resumes and their accolades matter to me in that perspective. I cover these shows. I write about these shows, blah, 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 all that. So I have to be tapped in as a journalist. So I do pay attention. As a fan... I've really honestly never really cared about it. Like tr- truthfully never really cared about it. Mm. In my like in my more aggressive Drake stand days, like in 20 2017 <laughs> Grammys when Chance won for coloring book and people were like, "Thank God Views didn't win." I was like, "Fuck y'all. Like why are you happy Views didn't? Like what like what's what's wrong with Drake? Like what's wrong with Views? Good project. Like what what are y'all talking about?" But beyond that, really ever since the whole Macklemore shit, like the infamous incident, I just never really put much weight into it. I watch the show. I, I like the show. I like the performances, blah, blah, blah. But the awards themselves and who they go to don't matter to me because a Grammy, it doesn't validate my fandom or my approval of someone. Do you make good music? Do I connect with you? That's really all all that matters to me for an artist. Like, of course, the people I like, Drake, Future, whoever, like, I'm happy to see when Thug gets nominated or Gunna gets nominated, people like that. Like, that, that's cool. Like, that's great because I know it matters to artists. As much as artists cap, like, Grammys don't matter to them. It does matter to them. 
my issue in these conversations is the fan bases, mm-hmm. the people who every year when nominations come out, they complain about snubs. Like, oh, this person deserved it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, you got to be for real. The Grammys value, like, your presence, how front-facing you are. And I've always believed, and if you look at the albums, most of the albums that get, or songs that get nominated, they're very big on, like, commercial success, commercial appeal, widespread appeal. So when you name this up underground person who might make great music but isn't doing numbers, you, you kind of got to be serious there. Yeah. And I think that uh, 2021 rap category where it was – D Smoke, Nas, J Electronica, um, Freddie Gibbs, and who's the last person I'm forgetting? Uh, oh, Royce to Five Nine. I think that had people thinking. How do you remember this stuff, by the way? <laughs> hey, man. I'm sorry to know, cut you off. What I God damn. <laughs> like, what, what is your brain doing to remember this kind of intricate I remember knowledge in fucking music? Because that was another year where the conversation got super nasty. And granted, that right. year, if there was any year that I would get like, flustered about the Grammys, Yeah, it was when those nominations came out because that was the same year Lil Baby dropped my turn. Pop Smoke, mm. Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Juice World's album did numbers. Um, Mac Miller dropped uh, Circles. Like yeah. There were albums that sh- clearly should have been the ones, but maybe the Grammy committee was pandering. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. Yeah. But, so, the, the snubs conversation comes up, but it's also people getting angry saying, this show is not for us. This show is not for us. Like, that's something that comes up every year. Hmm. But then it'd be the same people saying that who get mad, like, how is this album nominated? How is that album nominated? And I'm just like, why do you care? Like, if you recognize this institution isn't for you, why do you care? There's a show, there's multiple shows for us every year. Soul Train Awards, BET Awards, we've shit on them for years. Of course, they'll never reach the level of the Grammys, but there is a show that is for us, just specifically for us, because the Grammys, they cover pop, country mm-hmm. all, all, like all, all this other shit like they're they're appealing to a lot of different people and the committee is made up of a bunch of different people so i've never expected the grammys to speak for me speak for the culture and what should really be represented there mm. but there's this this commotion every single year about it i'm just like when are y'all gonna like free yourselves from the shackles of getting frustrated by the grammys because if you know something isn't for you like leave it alone like that's that's just that's what makes sense to me what what i'll say to these specific award shows being for us right Mm -hmm. the bt awards the soul train awards uh that come to mind first our community and our culture is not seeking validation from us Mm. they're seeking validation from the people who sit behind the Grammys. Which is a problem. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that is why, and, and it sounds great, and in, in theory, it should be, hey, you should want the the awards that's accredited to you by the community you're serving. Mm-hmm. But that's not the validation that a lot of us are seeking when putting our art into the world, yeah. which is why the Oscars and the Grammys and the Tony Awards, all of these, the EGOT, right? Mm-hmm. The Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, the EGOT. That's why those four awards in particular hold so much weight because we aren't the ones making those decisions. We mm-hmm. aren't the ones who have the power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with Kanye being in the news for all that he's in the news for, one of the things that uh, the the main talking points around him is he is trying to impress or he serves 
or his his agenda is to appease a community that he doesn't really you know look towards him mm-hmm. right um and so i think that's really kind of what it is with music mm-hmm. with these awards and these conversations and then also i think Again, it, it, it to me, I'm I'm able to like draw so many comparisons back to social media mm-hmm. because these conversations, sure they were prevalent before, but now we don't have that wall, we don't have that mask. Yeah. We don't, you know, we, we know what goes into it. Like I know people on the Grammy board, I know me people too. on certain boards, and it's like yeah. this is all about connections and who you know and mm-hmm. and and that's what this thing is. Like we've opened it up so much that there's no more secrets. Yeah. And the mystique behind artists in the music industry and entertainment in general is diminishing each and every year. Mm. And it, so it doesn't exist. It, it, doesn't it, exist it doesn't exist, right? Like I think Hollywood may be the only place where it still somewhat exists. Somewhat. Because, you know, all the creepy people, they mm-hmm. make sure they keep it tight yeah. in house. Um, but in music, it almost doesn't exist, uh, especially hip hop music, uh, to be specific. So I think it's just a, a a talking point, and I think the news cycle is starting. This is a part of the yearly news cycle now. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even if there wasn't anything to be outraged about, mm-hmm. we're gonna find it of because course. it's a part of our routine now. And yeah. I think this year in particular, it, it may just be a case of that. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the point about the committee because I I also know people on the committee, and I'm I'm happy. Like everyone who gets the opportunity to work. With the um, with the recording academy, I'm happy for y'all because, yes, we even if I don't care, we do need those voices in the room to Absolutely. be making these decisions for rap and R and B and fighting to get albums that that deserve it into the overall categories. Like that's what we need. The artists that I know, I, I know someone who personally, I know someone who won a Grammy last year. Super happy for him. He himself said, "Yo, it's cap if niggas say they don't want Grammys." Oh, for the, sure. The Denzel Curry made a tweet about the rap category. He was like, there were better albums that deserved it. And like in my mind, I read that as, oh, you think your album deserved it? His album's cool. But I'm just like, people get mad about, at it until they're on the nomination list and they're up for it. And then th- their tune changes. I know people at labels, every time their artists get nominated, they're posting it. They get, they'll get upset when they lose because it's like at the end of the day, that they're, they're the ones who are putting the work into helping the music get made, marketing the music, pushing the music, getting syncs, all that. So yes, you want that trophy for your hard work. Like a big first week is cool. A platinum plaque is cool. But a Grammy is the Super Bowl. It's the NBA Finals. It's the World Series for them. So that's why like I, as much as I personally don't care, I respect the people who care about the institution because I, I don't make music. I'm I, uh, unless I start rapping tomorrow and get to the point where I could win a Grammy, then it's like it's different. You but got like, bars? I'm I. Right. I'm decent. You got I'm bars because you're a writer. So right. I know you. I know you had. I know you had to get in the studio. Oh, I have. At I one have. point, I for life. sure have. I for sure have. I'm, it, I'm, and what I'm was decent. missing? Was it the delivery? My the cadence? My, my flows aren't that great. Like okay. I've, I've got like clever punchlines okay. and like uh, I would I would I would assume that. Yeah, but and people think like my my voice is conducive to fun rapping, like real deep bass type oh. shit. <laughs> but like, but my my flows are a little awkward, a little awkward. So okay. I, I got to tighten those up. I I am mad at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, self awareness. Yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta you know embrace your weaknesses, and make them strength. Shit like oh, that. So you know, you, you guys might might hear me do a, a busy session soon. But um, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think cool. yo Patreon. Let's make it happen. Hey. I want to set you up like the colors. You know I, colors, the yeah. presentation of colors. I want to put Armand Sadler in the middle of a studio, mm-hmm. and we got to put it behind a paywall. So I'm glad you said that because I I I I ain't want to do this, but I'm gonna do it now. So listeners, 
I wrote a remix to Drake and 21's Privileged Rappers <laughs> called Privileged Writers. You oh get us gosh. to 50 Patreon subscriptions, <laughs> I will record it in studio and release it. You get us to 100 Patreon subscribers, I'll release it publicly. <laughs> so our subscribers will get it if we get 50. We get 100, I'll put it out for the world to hear. Privileged Writers. It's spicy, too. Um, so... I, I, so thank you for that. You for have that push. a new subscriber, sir. Excellent. You Excellent. have a new subscriber. Do it right now. Don't care. I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back to the eventual Grammy that I'm going to win in the future. Um, yeah, like so. I'm I'm happy for the people who are happy when they receive them. The people who work with these artists that get them. Like, well, when I saw the nominations come out, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into it right now. Like, Glorilla is nominated for best rap performance. She didn't matter like six months ago. Like, niggas didn't really know who Glorilla was. Like, unless you were really tapped in from yeah. Memphis, like, niggas didn't really know who Glorilla was. Okay. She has ascended. I yeah. am super happy for her. Tomorrow 2 is incredible. Um, the FNF, the, which is nominated for Best Rap Performance, is dope. Signed to CMG now, one of the best labels out here. Like, that, that is amazing to see because that, yeah. that's something that should be rewarded. She's been working her ass off, and it's an organic, like, level up. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's good too. Right. So like seeing that made me happy. Seeing Thames get nominated made me happy. Seeing Lotto get nominated made me happy. Seeing um, SZA get another one made me happy. Like shit like that, <laughs> I, I can be happy about because like I, I I like those people. They work hard. They they deserve it. They had big years. So like that's really what I revel in. Like I, I don't care about them getting all five selections right in a category because I know it's not going to happen because. Mm-hmm. It's not just us on the committee. People have different perspectives on things. Some look at numbers, some look at whatever, blah, 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 like all that. Like it's just, it's kind of just like, don't put the energy into that. Like, like you, you know what's weird to me? And I've I found this weird since I was a kid. You know those people who say they don't care about something, but they like say it over and over and over? Like, do they remind you that they don't care about something rather than just like not saying nothing and showing they don't care about yeah. it? That, that's how I feel with these Grammys conversations. Niggas be like, I don't give a fuck about the Grammys, but they say it every year. <laughs> they yeah. say it when nominations come out, and they say it when the award show happens. Mm-hmm. They remind us every year, if you don't care, why are you talking about it? You do care. Yeah. You do care. You just, you're just you just saying you don't care because your favorite didn't get nominated mm-hmm. or something that you didn't think was good got nominated, something like that. So, I, I also want to like give the audience a little bit of perspective on what the process is like. Now, granted... Um, I don't have a seat at the table for the Grammy committee, uh, but working a podcast, you know, we have award ceremonies and award shows, the Ambies, the Webbies, the Sing, all these things. Um, and I know how those get judged, right? If you submit a podcast to the Ambie Awards, there's a panel of people that actually listen to the content, mm-hmm. right? And so when we have the Macklemores, <laughs> which is the fucking worst thing that ever <laughs> happened, but when we have those things happen, mm-hmm. it's because we're taking a subset of people, we're putting them in a room, and we're just pressing play and saying, hey, this is what is out. These are the nominees. Make a decision based on this. Yeah. Whether you are familiar with the music or not, that is how the selection process is being made. This is not a fan vote. This is not, and let me not say it's not a personal vote because I'm sure that does matter. But a lot of the times, going back to what I said at the top, this isn't for us. It's not made by us. It's not mm-hmm. made for us. So if you have people who are not tapped into the culture and they just receive five songs and they listen to those five songs and they say, hey, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. So this is what we go with. That's how we get in these positions. And I yeah. feel like, we're not informed on these things. Yeah. 
right? And nobody takes the time out to really talk about these processes and how we get there. And, um, you know, so they want to keep that veil up because because the more we know, like you, you give people on social media too much information, they start to think that they know like more than they know and they create narratives and shit. Yeah. So like I think that they, you know, it's important. Well, it's good, but then it's bad to keep that veil up. Like transparency is good. Like I think we should know like artists and labels have to submit their stuff or stuff can be nominated. Mm-hmm. Like because if, if you don't know, that's like, well, how, how do they pick this? Do they just pick the shit out, out of a hat? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. how does this happen? So the, 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 the transparency is a double-edged sword because, again, when people know too much, they operate on having that knowledge. Yeah. And and the thing, like, when you hear a Drake didn't submit or The Weeknd didn't submit, like, people need to realize Drake is not sitting at his computer and actually submitting his music mm. himself. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm. there is a team of people who do this. And then also, I'm going to give you all a little bit more game. Give you a little bit more game. You have to pay for these things. Mm. People don't just say, yo, you're great. We're going to nominate you. You have to submit your work, and you have to pay for each submission and hope you get selected. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a process to these things, and I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm here to unmask it uh, in a sense because it's, it's useless, wasteless energy going out into things that you really can't change. And I do want to speak to the people behind the scenes because I don't think they get enough, uh, they get overlooked in these conversations. Like, not only does the Grammy help the artists, the artists are always going to be able to eat, but I think the producers, the writers, yeah. the people who 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 add to the vision of the creation, that Grammy also means a lot to them too. So selfishly, we want to look at the one person who's in the front, right? We want to look at the artist. It's always about the artist, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but these type of awards help the people behind the scenes who make these things happen. And the price is up. Like yesterday's price is not today's <laughs> price when you're somebody behind the scenes that can say, I was a part of a Grammy award winning project. Like it all goes into the ecosystem. So uh, open your third eye a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So let's jump into these categories now. We're going to start with the rap because I kind of touched on that already. So best rap performance. If you do not know what the difference between best rap song and best rap performances best rap performance is for the people who perform the record best rap song is for the people who wrote the record so um let us jump into these nominees so we got god did dj khaled featuring rick ross lil wayne jay-z john legend and friday we got vegas by doja cat we got push and p gunna future young thug we got uh fnf let's go hit kid and glorilla and we got the heart part five kendrick lamar i want you to give me what you think is gonna win, what you would like to see win out of those. I think oof. <laughs> I'm gonna say I would think Kendrick Lamar is gonna win mm-hmm. because he's he's a Grammy baby. Mm-hmm. The Grammys really like him. Love they really him. appreciate him. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a great body of work. It is. Um but I would like to see Doja Cat win. Mm. Okay. I would like to see Doja Cat win. I think she had an amazing year, an amazing run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see the timeline on fire. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I want to see y'all complain about Doja Cat beating out Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think those would be my two. Yeah, I agree. I do think Kendrick is going to win. Um, I'd like to see Push and P gonna future young thug i think um gonna his this was the year where he took things to the next level and unfortunately it was shortened by him and thug being locked up but push and p is undeniably 
one of the best rap performances of the year, one of the biggest rap songs of the year. Like that, that just couldn't be ignored. It's something that still matters today. Like that song was ubiquitous. You could not escape yeah, Pushing yeah, P yeah. earlier this year, and it's still something that comes on every uh, every so often. So I think Gunna and Thug getting that, you know, even if they are not present, they may not be present by that time to actually receive it. Uh, I think that would be a really good look for them. So that's where I am with best rap performance, best melodic rap performance. These are four solo or collaborative performances containing both elements of R&B melodies and rap. So we got Beautiful, DJ Khaled featuring Future and SZA, Wait For You, Future featuring Drake and Thames, uh, First Class, Jack Harlow, Die Hard, Kendrick Lamar featuring Blast and Amanda Rafer, and Big Energy Live by Lotto. Tough category, not going to lie. What you got? What do you think is going to win? What would you like to see win? I don't think it's as tough as you think. Really? Personally. Okay. I'm I gotta go with the Thames, Drake, and Future. Mm. Like that that was the summer anthem, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think uh it came on three times in an hour <laughs> one time <laughs> when I went out this past summer. Um yeah, I think it has it ex- it encapsulates everything that you just read the category entails for. Yeah. Right? Uh, a little bit of R and B, melody, rap. I think that is probably the the winner. Yeah. It should be, in my opinion. So there's like three standouts for me. and So they're not standing out if there's three? Three, three out of five. Okay. There's like three front, <laughs> front runners you. here. Got you. I think in the Grammys' efforts to be more diverse and to uh, reward a variety of types of artists, I think there's a world where Lotto could get it. There's also First Class Jack Harlow, you know, like that's just, that yeah. song was inescapable this year. It was big. I, I think it's a really good song. It's grown on me heavily. I didn't mm-hmm. like it that much at first. Um, and we know that they do love rewarding white rappers <laughs> with with these things. Like they, they do love rewarding white rappers. My pick, what I think should win and what I would like to win is also a way for you future Drake Thames, just one of the biggest songs of the year. One of the best songs of the year, too. Not just commercially, yeah. but like also quality-wise. Yeah. Um, and I think Future is probably the MVP of this year. So it was good to see wow. him get so many nominations. And I think that he he definitely deserves to be walking out with his arms heavy with Grammy. So I, I would like to see what you get it. That, that's a big compliment to say in a year when Drake, Kendrick uh, in particular, mm-hmm. dropped albums for you to say he's the MVP that's a that's a heavy statement. I mean, I my, I like Future's album better than Kendrick's personally, and it Kendrick sold like forty k more than Future's, I believe. Okay, but the way like in terms of critical reception, mm-hmm. people were really mixed on Kendrick's album, and people were kind of Future's album was a little polarizing mm-hmm. too. I I thought it was excellent. Like I, I love Future's album so, and I think also you look at his features, you just look at you look at everything he's done like numbers wise, like he's he's firing firing on on all cylinders. Yeah, I don't I don't even really consider Drake in those MVP conversations because he's he's an outlier. Drake could be MVP every year if you really want to give it to him. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think Future really performed well this year. So, yeah, wait for you would be my personal pick. Uh, best rap song. This is a, a song for uh, a reward, an award rather. For the songwriters, I'm not going to read off all the names of the songwriters. I'll just tell you the song and who the lead artist is. So we got Churchill Downs, Jack Harlow featuring Drake, God Did Again, uh, DJ Khaled, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend Friday, The Hard Part 5, Kendrick Lamar, Pushing P, Gunna Future, Young Thug, and Wait For You, Future, Drake, Thames. Another tight category. Yes, this is pretty tight. What do you, and again, remember this is a songwriter's award. Yes. So of, of these, what would you like to see? What do you think is going to get it? 
What would I like to see? Mm-hmm. I would like to see the same song that I think is going to win, which is God Did. Mm. I think that Jay-Z verse, if we're talking about writing, we're talking mm. about songwriting, um, I think what he displayed, again, going back to what we said about Nas earlier, these guys performing at this level has never been seen. Mm. We don't know if it's ever going to be duplicated. Um, and I think that was a moment. I think it warrants, you know, again, penmanship, right? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the melody. We're not talking about um, the sound. We're talking about songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Jay-Z himself alone outside of uh the little wayne verse too which was also a great verse like Mm -hmm. had jay-z not gone for 48 minutes Mm -hmm. we may have been able to appreciate little wayne's verse a little bit more Uh, so those two guys along on that song i think that should win and i would love to see that win just because of who they are um you know how long they've been in the game where they are in their careers mm-hmm. to be able to fucking do that bro yep. it is so impressive like i want anybody who has any aspirations of doing anything in any field if you're listening to this podcast like uh think about performing at that level at the latter stages in your career mm-hmm. or in your life in general like i i think that should definitely win mm-hmm. Yeah, people were surprised that like this amount of Khaled nominations were there. This amount of Jack Harlow nominations were there. I was like, first of all, Jack Harlow and Khaled have both had big commercial years. Like, mm-hmm. um, also God did. Like, I'm not as high on the Jay Z verse. I think it's really good. I don't like. It. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. And yeah, so it's like in terms of best written rap song, like that would be up there. Like, uh, among the people who would seriously be considered for a Grammy, like that that song is up there. So uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, what would I like to see songwriting in mind? <laughs> this one's kind of tough. It is tough. I I don't I don't think this is gonna happen. But honestly, Churchill Downs I thought was amazing, like writing wise, one of Drake's best verses in years. Jack Harlow brought it. He he got washed relatively, but like, <laughs> but he also yeah. did his thing. So personally, just because I like Jack, and of course Drake goes out saying I'd like to see it. I think it. I think it'll either go to the heart part five or god did though to be honest so it's almost not fair putting kendrick in these kind of conversations because he's so beloved in this space Mm -hmm. and he's also really fucking good at what he does and he hadn't released in years yeah so there was just all of the excitement about him just popping out in general yeah and then giving the heart part five giving the great records that were on uh, mr morale so i i think just based off of him being back outside is something that's could lead to him walking out with you know heavy arms so yeah th- that's another category that i'll be keeping my eye on uh best rap album uh mm. this is for albums containing greater than 50 percent playing time of new rap recordings so we got god did dj khaled i never liked you future Come home, the kids miss you, Jack Harlow. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar. It's almost dry, Pusha T. Honestly, I'm not really that shocked with with this category being what it was. Like mm-hmm. the only thing I would have liked to see probably is Gunna Drip Season Forever. But in in reality, pushing P was like in in terms of the Grammy committee's eyes, I can understand why Push and P was bigger to them than the album itself. Yeah, for for, sure. for our culture, DS for uh, Drip Season Forever was important to us, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's again something to keep in mind is like who is deciding on these things. But what do you want to see? What do you think is going to take it? Um, I want to see Pusha. 
Uh, I want to see Pusha T. Of course you do. Uh, I, I love an under, underdog story. Mm-hmm. I'm a Pusha T fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a really good project, right? You got production by Pharrell, Kanye West, the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really get better than that, and they really served him in a way that uh, Hit Boy and Nas kind of do that thing. Mm-hmm. These guys did that thing on that project. So who I would like to see, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, you know, he may not have had the 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 career as long as like a Jay-Z or a Nas, right, when he was in the 90s, but he was early 2000s. And yeah. for him to still be, again, working at this performance, at, at this, or I'm sorry, operating at this uh, level, mm-hmm. performing at a high level, um, yeah, I would love to see Pusha T. But with that being said, who I think is going to win, would you mind reading that off really quickly one more time sure no problem so best rap album uh nominations god did dj khaled i never liked you future come home the kids miss you jack harlow mr morale and the big steppers kendrick lamar it's almost dry push a t this almost like feels like kendrick is gonna take this i, I feel like it's critically acclaimed it's gonna either be kendrick or Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. Like, Kendrick <laughs> is going to get it back in blood, or it's going to be a part two mm-hmm. of Macklemore. Mm-hmm. And not to, like, compare Jack Harlow to Macklemore. I think there's levels to the shit. Jack Harlow is an amazing artist. He yeah. actually has, like, some real talent and substance and can and can be here for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, the optics of it, I think that it could come off that way. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, Kendrick taking his time, uh, storytelling, mm-hmm. all of the things that come with Kendrick Lamar. This just seems like a perfect layup, but he would probably be at the lower end for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, he would probably be at the lower end of this. I think Future, he deserves um, his his time in my opinion. Yeah. I saw people saying if Jack were to win, it would be worse than Macklemore. I was like... Not quite. Worse than the nigga who gave us Thrift Shop and, <laughs> and the other bullshit he gave us? Like, Not quite. Jack is actually giving us rap records, and he can rap. Like, yeah. I never I, I never heard Macklemore was blown away. Like, Jack, went, he, he ain't win, but he went head-to-head with Drake. Like, yeah. come on, man. He, he gave you Wayne on the album. Like, I, I, that it's just not even comparable for me, no. Jack and Macklemore. So, uh, who would I like to see win? Future. I never liked you. Absolutely. Yeah, not just, mad at that. Yeah, just undeniably. Who do I think is going to take it? I think this is the category where they could surprise us, and they could honestly go push. Like, uh, I don't think people really expected Nas to win the year that he was nominated, and he did. Like, so I, I feel like if there's any category where they try to go like off the beaten path, this could be it. So I'm gonna go either push. It's almost dry, or Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. So let's jump into the R&B category now. So a lot of frustration about this um best r&b performance for new vocal or instrumental recordings virgo's groove beyonce here with me mary j blige featuring anderson pack hours and hours money long over lucky day hurt me so good jasmine sullivan that's a really good category that is it's a pretty pretty good category what what you got so i'm probably gonna go with what i heard outside the most which was hours and hours mm-hmm. um i think that was just it almost had that lma effect mm, yeah, um definitely where it was just everywhere yeah. and it was an anthem and it was new it was fresh although she's been writing songs for a very long time mm-hmm. um i, I want to go with that song mm-hmm. personally what do you think with uh objectively or the what do you think the committee is going to 
Um, well, I, see, with this category in particular, I think a lot of these women have won Grammys, so I can't even play that card, right? Mm-hmm. And they also like to snub the biggest artist, which would probably be Beyonce in oh, this case, right? Easily. So um, I don't really know what I think is going to win. If mm-hmm. I had to like bet money, <laughs> I would probably bet on Beyonce, mm-hmm. but I, I, I wouldn't go with that vote myself. Yeah, I think I would like to see Money Long get it too. You know, if you know her grind in the industry, she was behind the scenes writing songs for other people, and then she really broke out with that record. Like she's she's doing her thing. So I think personally, I would like to see it. I think they might give it to Mary, to be honest. Like they they they, they really might. Like Good Morning Gorgeous was good. I, I didn't think it was amazing, but it was good. And I I don't know. Like she's she's nominated for. I think she's she's leaving here with something. And that song here here with me with Anderson Pack was pretty good too. So. I, I honestly think they could go that route. Like, it's hard not to think Beyonce Virgo's groove just knowing what that song was for people and how it performed. But yeah. I I don't know. Something in me just says they're going to go marry. The Grammys don't like the Carters. The Grammys don't. They don't really reward Hove and B as yeah. much as we, we've thought they should have in the past. So mm-hmm. if they leave here with nothing, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be I surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I, I feel like, especially with the impact of Renaissance, like, Beyonce is definitely gonna walk out with one at least one um best traditional r&b performance so this is for new vocal or instrumental traditional r&b recordings we got do for love by snow allegra we got keeps on falling babyface featuring ella may plastic off the sofa beyonce round midnight adam blackstone featuring jasmine sullivan and good morning gorgeous mary j blige what you got for your personal pick and what you think is going to take it um uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I ain't heard everything you just listed, brother. <laughs> I can't even say it, Captain Audience. I'm, I'm um, the same. So and and, and that's yeah. the thing. People every year they're like, "How is this song nominated? I didn't hear it, nigga. You're not the only person on on Earth. Like, yeah, like it's, it's music out that here shit. that you haven't heard, and there's music out here that the committee has heard that you haven't heard. So yeah. I don't get why a, a global award mm-hmm. show and you not hearing something should not be that surprising to you, yeah. even if it's the R&B category. But. Since since you uh you know you pride yourself on responsible conversations, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be responsible and lean on your expertise for this category because I'm not equipped to yeah. have uh, a responsible conversation. I'll be biased. Yeah. I'll use my own personal bias, and I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Yeah. So I've heard four out of the five songs. Which I, one did you hear? The the ones that I didn't hear. Which one didn't you hear? Oh, uh, Round Midnight, Adam Blackstone, uh, featuring Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. Um. So. What I would like to see win is Plastic Off the Sofa, and I think if there's anything to give Beyonce an award for, it's Plastic Off the Sofa. Really? Yeah. Not Alien Superstar? I sing that in the shower. It's a great song. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's song. nominated for anything. Not Alien Superstar. It's, it's a great song. It's absolutely a great song. I don't think it's nominated for anything. So, Yeah, I would say if there's anything to reward Beyonce. Actually, Cuff It is on Best R&B Song. So. Uh, she might she might walk away with two, but I'm uh I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna lock in my personal pick and my like real uh, what I think is gonna get it. I'm gonna say plastic off the sofa, Beyonce. Best R and B song again, songwriters award, cuff it, uh, Beyonce. Good morning, gorgeous, Mary J. Blige, hours and hours, money long, hurt me so good, Jasmine Sullivan, please don't walk away, P. J. Morton. What you think is taking it, and what would you like to see take it? Um, I want to. I want to see Mary J. Blige walk away with something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know her story, 
you know, I think she deserves a moment. The top of the year feels like so long ago. But the Super Bowl, yep. right? She she did a thing on Super Bowl. Drop her on that same weekend. Same weekend. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like one of those years where we pay homage to the OGs and the people that paved the way. Uh, so I would love to see Mary J walk away with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very well-written song, too. Yes, it is. It is. And But I think I, if I had to bet, whew, I really feel the same way that the Grammys feels about Jasmine Sullivan. Mm. You know, she's another person who is having a second win, so to speak. Yeah. Back to that uh analogy I gave earlier. <laughs> she is, you know, she she came out early two thousands, yeah. late two thousands, whenever. Um, and she's back and she's relevant. She's making really good music. And so I would go between those two. Like we I, I just can't keep saying Beyonce. I think that's the default answer. Yeah. Um and it sucks when you get that great. It's mm-hmm. like the LeBron James effect. Yeah. Michael Jordan effect. When you just keep killing shit every single year. We mm-hmm. almost discount you for it. Um yeah. but I'm gonna go with those ladies. Yeah. Uh, best progressive R&B album for albums containing greater than 50% playing time of newly recorded progressive vocal tracks derivative of R&B. So like alternative R&B, mm-hmm. the different variants of R&B. I'm going to be honest, we're, we're responsible here. I have not heard all of these, but uh, Operation Funk, Corey Henry, Gemini Wright, Steve Lacey, Drones, Terrace Martin, Starfruit, Moonchild, Red Balloon, Tank, and the Bangas. Now, I've heard two out of the five. Drones, Terrace Martin, Gemini Wright, Steve Lacey. I think Steve Lacey definitely deserves to walk away with something. Just Bad Habit alone was incredible, but it's also a really good album. And Drones, the Terrace Martin album was really good too. So I'd be happy with either one of those. I feel like it's going to go to someone that I'm not expecting it to. But I, I, I could see a world where Steve Lacey um, ends up leaving this one. Also, Terrace is like deep in the music industry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's on the committee, but I know he's definitely connected to a lot of people who are on the committee. So okay. I, I, I could see them fighting for him to get it. So Cool. Yeah. Um, best R&B album. Albums containing greater than 50% playing time of new R&B recordings. We got Good Morning Gorgeous Deluxe, Mary J. Blige, Breezy Deluxe, Chris Brown, Black Radio 3, Robert Glasper, Candy Drip, Lucky Day, Watch the Sun, PJ Morton. I saw a lot of people were frustrated at Brent Fiaz and Giveon not being in this category. Mm. I get it. I get Did it. they submit? Do we know exactly. if they submitted? That's the thing. That's the thing. We never know if, if it was submitted or not. Yeah. Um, I, I do think those were two big albums. Like, yeah. if if... If they were in the category, I would be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, those were really important to R&B. But we, we don't know the case. So mm-hmm. well, we got to go with what was given here. Um, I also think this is one Mary could walk away with. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would like to see. Um, fuck it. I'd like, I, I, would, I would like to see Chris Brown take it. But I, I, I think. Mary's gonna walk away with it. Like Breezy was good. I don't, I don't know if you fully tapped into Breezy. But yeah, for sure. It was definitely. Good. It was really good. Yeah, so yeah. those are my picks. I, I mean, I would be remiss. Like I would be so off brand if I didn't mention this. But like Neo did drop an album. He this did. Year. Like he did. I think it sold. Never mind. I ain't gonna do that. But <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked. I, I knew what you were saying without I, I, you even in. I would have liked to see an attempt. And who knows? Maybe he submitted. Maybe he didn't. Like Brent Fiaz. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I, I, I'm gonna go with Breezy on this one too. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and I don't even know if we consider him R&B anymore. Like it's hybrid. It's, it's a whole different genre. Um, 
but I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Chris Brown again. This is the year of redemption for for me. So I want to see people be in that light, and I think you know he hasn't gotten those opportunities mm-hmm. um, on these type of stages. And so I wouldn't be surprised if his team said, "Hey, we're only going to submit for this category because everything else just might get washed to the side." I didn't hear you mention him in any other category outside that of was this. The only one. Yeah. So that's a little bit interesting to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Breezy, and if not Breezy, let's go with Mary J, man. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only categories we're gonna discuss. I want to give a shout out to Bad Bunny, three Grammy nominations. Want to give a shout out to Adele. People forgot Adele dropped last year. Like I, I knew she, she probably gonna walk away with something. She's nominated in both pop and she's in the overall categories. I'm gonna read off what's in the overall categories for y'all. Um, and then we are going to close. So. Record of the year, we got Don't Shut Me Down, ABBA, Easy On Me, Adele, Break My Soul, Beyonce, Good Morning Gorgeous, Mary J. Blige, You and Me on The Rock, Brandy Carlisle featuring Lucius, Woman by Doja Cat, Bad Habit, Steve Lacey, The Heart Part 5, Kendrick Lamar, About Damn Time, Lizzo, As It Was, Harry Styles. Pretty stat category. Mm. I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know what like where they'd go with that. I'd, I Again, I would like to see Steve Lacey get it. Wow, but in that I, category, you would like to see Steve Lacey get it. I'd like to, but Lizzo is there. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is there. Harry Styles is there. Beyonce is there. Yeah. Adele is there. So that'll be a tough one. I I, I don't know. Um, album of the year, we got Voyage, ABBA, 30 by Adele, Un Verano, CNT, Bad Bunny. Love that. Renaissance, Beyonce, Good Morning, Gorgeous, Mary J. Blige, In These Silent Days, Brandy Carlisle, Music of the Spheres, Coldplay, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar, Special Lizzo, Harry's House, Harry Styles. Again, tough one. I can't call it. I'm not going to lie. When you listed, like, the, because this is, like, the big, biggest These award the of the night. Yep. Um, I want to see Beyonce take that shit, man. I ain't going to hold you. Like, I, I would love to see that because she stepped outside of her traditional sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a bunch of anthems on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to see a black woman come in and, like, dominate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just reminds me, like, Serena Williams, right? Just yeah. still being able to dominate. Um, whenever she chooses to, and I really think out of all the albums that you said, like, uh, she she had a moment, yeah. And and I feel like Drake got out the way of her. I feel like so many people moved because Beyonce was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she brought back the dream to do a lot of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was just a really impactful summer. Like yeah. for the summer. This was the album, in yeah. my opinion. She may not have had the song, mm-hmm. but the album that I heard, and even, you know, I hate that we have to like mention these things, but a lot of her songs translated to social media, mm-hmm. right? You see challenges, you see dances, you see all people from different backgrounds, culture, ethnicities, dancing to Beyonce. Yeah. And so I think if we factor all of that in, I would love to see her like just sweep those two categories in particular and then let everybody else get the other, you know, the the other wins. Yeah. But these two, I think that's for Queen B. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I yeah, I'd agree. I'm I'm never happy at Beyonce. I'm never mad at Beyonce winning. Sorry, but Beehive don't attack me. I love Beyonce. Um Song of the Year, overall song of the year, A B C D E F U, Sarah Davis, Gale, Gale's the lead artist about Dan Time, Lizzo, All Too Well, Taylor Swift. As It Was, Harry Styles, Bad Habit, Steve Lacey, Break My Soul, Beyonce, Easy On Me, Adele, God Did, Khaled, Ross, Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend, Friday, Heart Part 5, Kendrick Lamar, Just Like That, Bonnie Raitt, I believe her name is. Songwriting-wise, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard all those songs, so I can't really comment. 
Yeah. I'm a little like my view is skewed because yeah. half of the people you name, I'm like, who the fuck is A B C D E F G H I J? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with yeah. that shit. The <laughs> alphabet and all that. Nah. Yeah. And lastly, best new artist. Um, I'm gonna read a lot of names, but there's really only two that I care about much. Um, Anita, Omar Apollo, Dami, and J D Beck, Money Long, Samara Joy, Lotto, Big Lotto Hive, Lotto for President. Uh, Maniskin, Toby Nwigwe, Nwigwe, I believe that's pronounced, Molly Tuttle, and Wet Leg. I mean, I'm going to be just selfish here. I would love to see Lotto take it. I'm scared it won't be, but I would love to see Lotto take it. Uh, or, or Money Long. So, yeah. Dope. Yeah, those are my picks. So, that is Stay Busy. This is our fourth uh, Grammy prediction that we've done. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on TikTok. Let us know everywhere what you guys feel about the Grammys, the discourse, your predictions, what you think snubs are. Um, and just generally, like, if you're excited for the Grammys this year, of course, it's the boy Armand, Vigatrice, Poppy, founder of Bald Nigga Ballers, all that good stuff. Savon returned. He is back. You will be seeing him every month. Like I said, you will be seeing Savon. I promise y'all he will be here. If, if, if you missed him, he's back to uh, fix that. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Patreon. Tell a friend to tell a friend about Stay Busy. And most importantly, make sure that you stay safe, stay humble, and stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy Taking time, getting right if you miss me girl, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying yeah. busy Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with the gang Every week, tell a friend Every week, tell a friend Busy over everything Ain't you heard? Ain't you heard? Got the vibes. Got the vibes. We put you on. We put you on. Got the slides. Got the slides. I'm the size. I'm the size. Running down. No, we hold it down. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right. If you miss me, I've been out in the world, staying busy.